Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone, and welcome back to the program. As we're all aware at this point, the Brian Koberger trial has been postponed indefinitely by Judge John Judge due to the immense scope of evidence that still has to be gone through during this discovery process. So there was never any doubt in my mind that this was going to get delayed. There's just way too much to go through as far as evidence goes for the defense. We're not talking about a traffic ticket here, right? We're talking about a capital punishment case. So Brian Koberger's team is going to need the proper amount of time to go through this evidence. So if this extension wasn't granted, then later on during appeal, Brian Koberger would have had some tenable ground to appeal his conviction. And the judge and the prosecutors, they want to do everything in their power to make sure that doesn't happen. We want to have a nice clean process here that's fair for everybody, including Brian Koberger. So today, we have an article from the Idaho Statesman that's talking about the aggressive timeline that Judge Judge had set before the trial got delayed. So, let's see how we got here. And to do that, we're going to use an article from the Idaho Statesman. Headline, Judge and Brian Koberger murder case issues aggressive schedule ahead of October trial. This article was authored by Kevin Fixler. The trial for the man charged with murdering four University of Idaho students will maintain its sprint to a scheduled start in six weeks in Latah County. Now again, remember, this was from August 22nd before Judge Judge delayed the trial. But what this article does is put it into context and perspective as to why the trial was delayed. And for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while, you all know how I feel about context and meat on the bone. The more context about a topic, the better off we all are. The judge in the case on Friday denied a motion by Brian Kohlberger's defense team to pause proceedings over their outstanding questions about his grand jury indictment. So I never thought they were going to be able to get a stay in proceedings due to the grand jury process, but a delay was always present just above the horizon. Because in a case like this, with that vast amount of evidence that we've talked about now since November, it is exceedingly rare for a case like that to kick off on time. Judge John Judge of Idaho's 2nd Judicial District set a breakneck pace to hit the October 2nd trial date, telling the prosecution and public defenders for Kohlberger that they'll need to be finished with discovery process in two weeks, 
Name the experts they plan to have testify a week after that and identify all of their witnesses by the middle of next month. All motions have to be filed by September 22nd in time for jury selection starting September 25th. And you see with the aggressive timeline here why we were never going to meet these deadlines. But due to the court and the state having to meet Brian Kohlberger's right to a speedy trial, they have to bring all of this stuff to the forefront and get things moving. That is, of course, unless the suspect waives their right to a speedy trial. And as we all know, that's what Brian Koberger has now done. I know Mr. Koberger is anxious to have this speedy trial, and he's entitled to that. So, I'm going to tell you, this is a little bit of a reality check, Judge said. I'm not even promising that it's doable, but that's just what we have to do. So, here we are. Under Idaho law, a criminal defendant must receive a trial within six months of arraignment. A grand jury that was sat by the prosecution indicted Koberger in mid-May on four counts of first-degree murder and one count of felony burglary, and he was arraigned a week later. The prosecution intends to seek the death penalty if Koberger is convicted. And once it becomes a capital murder case, it knocks things into a different realm, and it puts a lot more pressure on the prosecution to have everything locked in and to have their game plan airtight. Because even one little bit of prosecutorial misconduct, when we're talking about a capital punishment case, can lead to a mistrial, can lead to the whole last thing getting tossed. So they have to be on their game, and they have to make sure that they're not missing anything. So the delay is not only going to help Brian Kohlberger, it's going to help the prosecution. Kohlberger, 28, sat next to his public defense team at the Friday hearing wearing a light blue suit and striped tie. He is accused of stabbing to death the students in November at an off-campus home on King Road in Moscow. At the time, Kohlberger was a graduate student of criminal justice and criminology at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington, roughly nine miles away. The four victims were U of I seniors Madison Mogan and Kaylee Gonsalves, both 21, and junior Zana Kernodal and freshman Ethan Chapin, both 20. The three women lived at the King Road home with two other housemates who went unharmed in the November 13th knife attack. Chapin was Kernodal's boyfriend and staying over for the night. DNA records debate dominates the hearing. During the bulk of the expansive six-hour-plus Friday hearing, the defense and prosecution sparred over whether the state should have to hand over all DNA records used to identify him. Heated at times, the attorneys for the two sides pleaded with judge either to rule the documents be released through discovery or issue an order to protect all information about the use of investigative genetic genealogy, IgG, a process where detectives build a family tree based on DNA profiles to zero in on a suspect. And this is the meat and potatoes of the battle. The whole entire fight right now is over this DNA, but not over the DNA itself. It's over the process. Because I don't think that there is any dispute that Brian Koberger's DNA matches up. The dude had the buccal swab, and it came back popping hot. So his team knows there's really no explanation for that. So what they're trying to do 
is muddy the waters and make the process itself look like it was out of bounds, like there was misconduct, because they understand that that is probably their only pathway to getting Brian Kohlberger off here. Over objections from the prosecution, Judge allowed the defense to call four witnesses to testify during the pretrial hearing. On the relevance of the newer DNA techniques, prosecutors have acknowledged the FBI used while assisting state and local police in their eight-week manhunt. The witnesses included two IgG experts and a pair of attorneys who specialize in discovery and IgG. So look, Judge Judge is giving Brian Kohlberger and his team every chance possible to make their case. And once again, that is all because Judge Judge is looking at the bigger picture here. He understands that no matter what, there's going to be an appeal. So he's making sure that he's on point. And as long as that happens, then Brian Kohlberger is going to have to appeal his case on the merits of the evidence and not on the process. Among them was Stephen Mercer, a longtime criminal defense attorney in Maryland with expertise in scientific evidence and DNA databases. He testified that release of IgG records in cases where it has been used is the minimum practice standard, so a defense team can mount an effective case on behalf of its client. The attorney must obtain discovery of the scientific testing of the evidence sampled, Mercer said, and that is particularly so in a capital case. Particularly, an environmental sample of trace DNA is absolutely crucial because it informs the scope of the investigation and the experts to get. So what he's saying is it's crucial for the prosecution to turn over the process of how they collected this genealogical evidence. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, the prosecution saying, under Idaho statutes, that's not something they have to do. So they're very reticent to turn it over. And Wahlberger's attorneys argued the testimony, mixed with their prior arguments, clearly demonstrated why they needed the disputed records. Every single person in this courtroom should have paused when talking about forensic science that is no more than five years old. Public defender Alyssa Massoff told Judge, Cumulatively, it is overwhelming that we must have this evidence to do this work. But Idaho's discovery rules do not require the state to turn over such records, counter Jeff Nye, chief of the Idaho Attorney General's Criminal Law Division, for the prosecution. IgG does not represent a scientific test, he argued, nor does the information help prove the defendant's innocence, elements that could require their disclosure. Rather, Nye said, IgG is merely an advanced method used by police to obtain an investigative lead. The fact that Kohlberger could face the death penalty also should have no bearing on judge's decision. Despite arguments to the contrary, Nye said, You hear, this is a death penalty case, and death is different, he told judge, but discovery is not. 
If the state of Idaho's Supreme Court wanted the rules to be different for death penalty cases, they could have done that, but they did not do that. Nye reaffirmed to judge that prosecutors do not intend to use the information at trial and that IgG was not used as support for Koberger's arrest warrant. And for the first time, he revealed that police did not rely on IgG to justify any search warrants during the investigation either. Judge chose not to issue a ruling on the debate over the defense receiving the IgG records, instead saying he would do more research and make a decision at a later time. Koberger's alibi is due next month. As to the prosecution's ongoing demand that Koberger submit an alibi if his attorneys plan to put up such a defense at trial, Judge granted them until September 8th. A formal alibi would represent proof that he was somewhere other than the King Road home at the time of the homicides, including with support such as with witnesses. And unless you have a witness, nobody's going to believe anything you have to say especially with all of this other evidence that has been collected. Now, if they didn't have all of this other evidence, I'd be much more inclined to listen to what Koberger has to say here and what his defense is talking about. But the fact that all of this evidence leads to Brian Koberger really puts a damper on them saying, well, he was out on a drive that night, but he was out there alone. Without anyone to corroborate it, it's very hard to believe that. The defense previously sought to avoid filing the information, saying that such evidence may come out at trial. Pressed by prosecutors, Koberger's defense wrote earlier this month that he was out driving his car alone, as he often did as a matter of habit overnight from November 12th to November 13th. We knew that already, and if that's his alibi, so be it. Latah County Prosecutor Bill Thompson, who is leading the prosecution, argued before Judge on Friday, we will accept what the defendant has said. He was driving around. With a stipulation that he cannot provide more about it later at trial if the defense team fails to meet judges' revised deadline. So basically, they're hamstringing them. What the prosecutor is saying here is fine. We accept that this is his alibi, but if you don't meet the deadline, then we don't want to hear dick all about it later on if you say you have a witness or something like that. Between members of the public, media who traveled to attend, and family for at least one of the victims, the courtroom was near capacity Friday for the entirety of the hearing. Members of the Gonsalves family, including Kaylee's parents, Steve and Christy, their attorney Shannon Gray, and supporters were among those on hand. Time to collect our thoughts, Gray told the Idaho statesman on Friday after the all-day hearing, declining further comment. Yeah, it's been a long day added Christy Gonsalves as the family exited the courthouse. And it really sucks for the families that this trial is being delayed. But in the long run, I think it's the best thing for the trial and for justice. Because it cuts off Brian Koberger and his arguments of, oh, I didn't get a fair shake, right at the legs. Because he's getting ample amount of time to prepare for this. He has some of the best lawyers in Idaho defending him. So there should be no BS after he gets slapped with this conviction about how the process wasn't fair. And as long as they stick to the process and they don't cut any corners, I think that when all is said and done, we'll have a conviction here and Brian Koberger will end up getting the death penalty. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. All of the information that goes with this episode can be found 
in the description box.